34, 15 to 28. So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken by me, spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. The one in, on the housetop must not go down to take things from the house. The one in the field must not turn back to get a coat. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For at that time there will be a great suffering, such has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no one would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days would be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or where is he? Do not, there, there he is. Do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and produce great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, if even the elect. Take note, I have told you beforehand. So if you say, if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will you, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the eagles will gather. So, uh, we're going through kind of a difficult time here uh, in the readings. It's uh, Jesus talking about basically the, you know, people call it the end of times. They call it the second coming, all of that kind of stuff. And he's been giving all these warnings, and we've been going through this because we've been going through the, uh, the book of Matthew, and we just kind of take a segment, and we just, you know, that's what we've been doing. Uh, this one is one where people are struggling with identity. They are trying to, in the current times, you've got people that are trying to use the, uh, what we would call today the Old Testament, to try to identify who this person is in front of them that calls themselves the Messiah. You've got people that are following the Messiah that's trying to identify what it is that he's talking about, and then you have the people that are trying to identify uh, what future event he's talking about. And so you've got a lot of people that are trying to just kind of figure this out, but Jesus remains a little bit uh, complicated about the whole thing. Uh, we want him to be black and white. We really do. We want, when we identify things, we want it to be simple and easy. We want Jesus to, we want it to be written in the Old Testament. You will know him because he'll be the only person on earth wearing a bow tie. And we want Jesus to just show up in a bow tie, you know, and we just, ah, there he is, you know, and, and we want that crystal clear. But one of the things that they mention is, I want to go over this, it's from the, uh, the passage we just read, and he says, so when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, and then he says, let the reader understand. 
then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. Now, a lot of people at the time, they would understand this. We may have a little trouble with this now, but back then, the book of Daniel was uh, vastly read. It was very popular. It was a, uh, a reference like you would reference a song today. You could quote Daniel, and people would know what you're talking about. Uh, back then, it was not uncommon for people to memorize a lot of, a lot of what they would read. Uh, and a lot of illiteracy was uh, common in those days, so people would hear it orally and they would memorize it. So when he says a certain thing came from Daniel, you'd know it. But we have trouble today identifying what that is. And it talks about different things. There's different scholars on different things. This is kind of what he's referring to here. It starts in Daniel 9.27. He says, he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week he shall make a sacrifice and offering cease, and in their place shall be a desolating sacrilege until the, de the decree is poured out upon the desolator. In other words, something is going to happen where the, the things that you believe, your faith and your practices of that faith are going to be interfered with. Someone's going to... Um, uh, kind of uh, put a, a, a poison in, in the things that you're doing. Now, for 2,000 years, this passage, you would think that that would be clear, crystal clear for us now, that this passage has been argued. Some people think that what they're talking about uh, is Antichius IV. He was a, a king, a Greek king, and around, he, called, he was called Epiphanes. He called himself Epiphanes. You'll see him when you look up, you'll see uh, referred to as Epiphanes. He called himself, which means uh, God manifest. That's, that's the name he gave himself. A little pompous, don't you think? Um, but around uh, 168 or 167 BCE, he desecrated the temple by sacrificing a pig in there to the god uh, Zeus. Now, uh, the, uh, the, the laws of Moses and everything call you know, uh, pigs unclean. It's very... So this would be an abomination, as the Bible loves to use that term, an abomination to put this into the temple. But he actually did more than that. This, this guy um, is referred to as, as probably one of the darkest events uh, or time periods in the Jewish faith. Uh, he uh, tortured and murdered many of the religious leaders of that time. His, his whole thing was out to get people that were practicing the Jewish faith. And so... He would crucify people, and he would also kill their families. He was, uh, there's, tradition states that he would crucify religious leaders while hanging their children right next to him on the cross. It was horrific. He went inside the temple. He um, defiled it. He stole all of the things that were worth money in it. He, it was an awful, awful time for the Jewish community. So a lot of people, when they, when they talk about uh, the desolating sacrilege, they think that he's that Christ is talking about this. Some people think that Christ is foretelling at this time something that's going to happen in 70 CE. Uh, the, that's when the Romans take over Israel and they tear down the, uh, the temple. As a matter of fact, we, we see basically one wall, the Wailing Wall. That's, in, that's what, the only thing that's left from what they did. And so a lot of people think that what Jesus is talking about 2,000 years ago is he is prophesying what's going to happen at that time. Now, many Christian philosophers and studies 
think that because Jesus is talking about something so impactful that he's actually talking about. Remember this word that we learned? Parousia means the second coming. And that's what most uh, Christian philosophers and uh, theologians and people that make a lot more money than I do uh, think that that's what's going to happen. That our faith is going to be challenged. That the people will be uh, hard on those that, are, that identify as Christians and things like that. They think that he's talking about that as the desolating sacrilege. So just in this verse right here, this term desolating sacrilege, we have layers of identifying on it. And most people will tell you, in some cases, it can be all three because uh, these, all of these happened and they were leading up to something. And a lot of people will tell you that when it comes to identity, it's, it, there's, it's complex, don't you think? We, we want it so simple. When we identify somebody, we want to give them one name if we can. You know? You're a man. You're a woman. You're American. You're German. We, we want to we just put that in a category right there because it's easy for us. It's easy for us to just say, tag, that's what I'm going to call you, that's what I'm going to refer to you, and that's also the stereotype that I'm going to give you. We want that quick reference in our mind. And we want to do that to God as well. We want it simplistic. We don't like complicated. If somebody calls us just one thing, then we argue with them because we know that we're a little bit more complex. But it's easier for us sometimes to just give a simple name to somebody. In some cases, you're American. And in some cases, if I don't like you, you're un-American. You're black, you're white. You're male, you're female. You're Christian, you're not Christian. It is a way that we judge people by tagging people. By tagging people, but we know in our hearts that we don't just identify as one thing. It's much more complex than that. And sometimes we like to identify ourselves falsely. We like to put on a little bit of a mask. I might try to come in here with a very happy face. Everything is great. But inside, I'm hurting. Inside, I'm in a lot of pain. But the identity that I want to give to you is that everything's okay. I want to pr uh, proclaim to the world that I'm, I'm strong. Even inside, I'm afraid. You see, we do have false identities. And we do have complexities to our identities. We have history in our lives that cannot be tagged with just one thing. Years ago, uh, many people know this, I was in radio, and I was, worked for a country radio station. And for a publicity stunt, which we do in radio, I rode a bull. Yeah. I, they strapped a tape recorder, duct taped to my chest. This was at the college 
of rodeo. At the UNL, they do a rodeo class or whatever. And uh, we had some listeners that said they were rodeo guys, and they asked me if I wanted to ride a bull. And I was dumb enough to say yes. Um, I went for uh, seven seconds. Eight seconds is, the, is the, the, the one. I went for seven seconds. The pain lasted for seven days. <laughs> because I don't know if you can see here, the bull loved to raise up and landed on that leg right there. And I was in pain for a long time. And then I was also stupid enough to try it again on a different bowl, and that one lasted for about three seconds. So, um, now today, yes, I wrote a bull, but do I identify myself as a bull rider? I don't. You could look at this and you could say, you're a bull rider. I'm going to call you a bull rider. That fits into my box. I'm ticking that. You're a bull rider. But I would say, I'm really not. I'm really more complex than that. This is part of my layers of my history of what makes me me, things I've experienced in my life, but I don't identify as a bull rider. You see how we want to tag something like that, but that's just one example of how something could have happened in our, in our path and we could have experienced something, but it isn't really our identity. It's part of us. It may lead to what we identify ourselves at, but it's not the one thing we identify ourselves as. Ready for the embarrassing part? Anybody remember this ad for Super Saver a couple of years ago? Actually, it was more than a couple of years ago, about 20 years ago. See them on billboards, it was all over the state. They had a, this ad campaign where uh, the spokesperson was this $20 bill. That was me. <laughs> you can leave now if you want. <laughs> I had a, a, a time when I did a lot of television commercials and things like that, and this was one of them. I wore a mattress, I uh, wore leotards, and I did commercials, and uh, in, in the commercials, and in the radio spots, and in print, uh, I told you that my name was Bill, $20 Bill. I identified myself as a $20 Bill. I went to uh, different events, there I am at the Salt Dogs game. Um, I was on the, the grocery sacks. So at that time, a lot of people identified me as a $20 bill. Am I a $20 bill? Thank you. Thank you. You have made my day, and I'm not listening to you. You have made my day. So... As complex as, as I am, I did have things that I did in my past, but they don't identify who I am. We all have those complexities. We all have things in our past that we've done, things that we are proud of, things that we are ashamed of, things that experiences that we've had. We all have things that make us who we are today, who we identify ourselves today. 
And even though somebody might want to just have that simpleness of just saying, you were a $20 bill then, you're a $20 bill now, you're a bull rider then, you're a bull rider now, it's not who I am. It's part of who I am. But it's not who I identify myself as. It's much more complex than that. Each one of us is so much more complex than the labels that we try to give ourselves or that other people try to give us. I, I'm a father. A very proud father. I'm a very grateful husband. I'm uh, male. I'm short. I am handsome. <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm a humorist. I think the thing that I would like to identify most in my life is that I'm a follower of Christ, that I've given my life completely over to, to Christ in my life. That's the most important thing to me. But that's not my only identity. I identify myself as many other things. It's complicated, isn't it? It's, it's complex. And it's wonderful. The fact that neither, no one in here can be identified by just one thing is a great gift that God gives us because it makes every one of us a specific, unique, and special individual. And the way that that becomes even more special is when we take our layers and our stories and we share them with each other. I, I can't identify you with one thing. I may see you and try to identify you as something. I saw you sing. You're a singer. But you're more than that. You are so much more than that. And I won't know that until I actually sit down and hear your story. And that's the beauty of us. That's the beauty of every single person here is that every one of us has a story that has different chapters, different stories, different views. And none of us can be identified by just one thing. And none of us can identify each other with just one thing without hearing the stories of that person. And we can't do that with God either. If we as people are as complex as we are, as vast our stories, isn't God more complex than that? We, we try to put God in a box. Many times it's a conditional box. Many times we say, you know, my vision of a God is, or, or, or Jesus has to be like this, and if it doesn't fit that box, I'm not going to believe in it. Because it doesn't fit my list of requirements. But if I did that to you, it would be unrealistic. If you were more complex than I wanted you to be, I can't just write you off that you don't exist. I have to hear your story and learn more about you. The same with God. God is complex, God is mysterious, God is unique, 
And sometimes it's easy for me to understand that like I would understand you. To know that I won't know everything about you. Never will I know everything about you. But I will, in good faith, continue to hear your story. Just as I do with God. You know, the beauty thing is, is that when God's talking about the, the end of times or whatever, we like to build that up as a, as a frightening thing. And we like to build it up as only special people are going to be because they identified or they said the magic word and all that kind of stuff. God, God understands that you're complex too. And, and God's not trying to trick you up. That's, that's why in this passage at the end, it says, as lightning comes from the east and flashes in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, when God comes, everyone's going to know it. There, there is no trick to it. There is no hidden message. There are no codes. There aren't anything like that. You'll know it. Because God knows that you're a special individual. God knows that you're unique. And we know the same about God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may we understand the mystery in everyone. May we understand that we can't just simply tag somebody. May we understand that every one of us is a very special, special person. And every one of us is a soul. Every one of us is loved by you. Help us just, help us just to be okay with that. Help us to understand that every one of us is complicated. And help us understand that you are too. Help us to just be okay with that. And know that we are loved. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. May we go out today knowing that we are loved as we are. And may we go out there and share that love with everyone as they are. Love God, love yourself, love your neighbor.